the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Yes, indeed. Live and well on Saturday, October 10th. My goodness, 2020, a lot of things going on between now and, uh, let's say, the end of the year. Let's say even beyond that, God's got big plans for his church. Oh, look in the mirror, that includes you. And as I look across the studio desk, for me, it includes the person that's going to be my co-host and guest in this uh, first hour. Her name is Therese Byrne. Hey, Therese Byrne. Hey, Cass Taylor. Thanks for inviting me. Exactly. Well, totally a pleasure. And let me just do, I'm going to brag on you a little bit. So if she turns red, uh, the only way you can find out is by going to the behind the scenes uh, podcast behind the scenes and by going to come together, San Diego, you can see her turn red there. Otherwise you're just going to have to, I'll do color commentary on her turning red. And so I've known her for scads of years. We were youngins. She, she was a youngin. (laughs) I'm, I'm still the old one that I was before, but I've, one of the reasons that I got to know her is because she's an ex, ex, extraordinary, ex, extraordinary talent, a talent. And she says words that I just muffed up. She can say those things very well without making mistakes. So we met. Uh, she was a, a voiceover and on-camera actress uh, and voiceover artist. And I was in the advertising agency business, and I needed to have a specific voice, a specific person. And Therese Byrne was one of the people that were auditioning for it. And I go, I didn't have one sentence. I go, it's her. It's her. And then from there, we began to realize we had common denominators, which were? Which were the Lord, our faith. I mean, just lots lots of great things. Yes. And we're going to talk more about, and she has a great sense of humor. In fact, she does comedy shows and things like that. Mm. That's one thing we just don't have in common. Sadly, I try. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) And she's a pianist. uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about all of those things, but we're going to take uh, one of her great visions, and she's actually implementing that now, and that is doing voiceover reading of Scripture, Mm-hmm. And so you're going to tell us a little bit about that as well. You know, I've talked 92% of the time, and you've talked just like 8%. I, I'm just waiting. Yeah, well, uh, you, you, I, we do this uh, all the time, too, Therese and I. So uh, Therese, Byrne is, Therese Byrne is going to tell her bio and a little bit of her vision in five, Seconds. four, three, two. And now I point my finger, and then she goes. Thank you, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we, it's been great uh, knowing you all these years. Yes. And you know me as a voiceover artist, as an actress, and I've had an opportunity to do a lot of uh, great VO, which is super fun, you know, commercials, industrials. I even I did a book on tape, and I've enjoyed it all. But my passion really has been to read the Word of God. Yes and to record it professionally, and to make it available to anybody. And so, uh, you know, it was one of those some days. Someday I'm going to 
well, someday became today when mm-hmm. I had a little bit more time in the last few months. Can anybody and, say COVID? Uh, yeah, because of that. And <laughs> <laughs> and so because of my good friend Sandy, who's very techie, she helped me, um, you know, up, get the, the YouTube channel and get everything uploaded. I went to a recording studio mm-hmm. and uh, recorded. I was going to do the, the scriptures chronological all through, you know, 1 to 150 to start. But I thought, you know, with everything that's going on, people maybe to have some comfort. Sure. So I, I, I did upload for the first five psalms, and then I, fl- I jumped to Psalm 23. Yes. And, you know, I chose YouTube because I want people to be lis- able to listen to it anytime, anywhere. Maybe in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to hear some comfort. or um, So that was, uh, that was the vision, and it's in progress. Very good. And throughout the show, we're going to call on you to read some of your favorite psalms. Okay. Because my listening friend, here's the deal. We, I've got ulterior motives on this, and Therese knows vaguely that I do things like this. Mm. But not only do I want to uh, showcase her and her skills and her talents, but we want to use her skills and talents and experience to inspire you to display yours in greater ways because God's got big plans for YOU. Wouldn't you say that's true, Therese? As he does for everyone, yes. Yes. Absolutely. So especially, you know, Therese, in these times, challenging times, God's been, a lot of people have known the Lord that are listening to the show for days, months, years, decades, and maybe quarter centuries and maybe half centuries. I mean, it's very true, very likely. And so no matter who you are, where you are, and what you've done or how you know him, he wants it to be bigger, greater, broader than it ever has been. That's right. Psalm 2911 is still true. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans are welfare enough for calamity to give you hope and a future. And, the, and that's always in the future. And that's always true, no matter our age, no matter what we've done, no matter what we haven't done, or no matter where we are. Yes. And so we're going to talk about those things in yes. this broadcast, the first hour. By the way, my friends, the second hour, I, I when I was in Washington, D.C., for the return, it was remarkable. I've been back a week or two now, but uh, it was remarkable and had an opportunity. God told me I was going to meet with, when I say this, I'll explain it, Issachar people. That means people that know the sign of the times. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to meet with some heavy revies, and I did. And I took the little microphone with me, and I recorded some of them. I'm going to play the first of those recordings in the second half of the show, Lonnie Poindexter. He's an announcer in Washington, D.C. area. He knows about the the minority people there and some biblical stuff. He knows some political stuff and so some great insights there. So let's, anything else, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, it says here, tell, have, have, have Therese Byrne talk about her bio and the birth of her vision and reading scripture professionally. I've got three minutes. What do we do? Three minutes? Well, I, I, I think I'd like to hear what people would like to hear as far as the word goes. Well, I don't know that we're going to be able to open the phone lines, right? but we will discern. What I will do is I'll open the Psalms and I'll put my finger in my mouth and wet it a little bit and go down. And, oh, there they are. Well, I... Like, I know you've got some specifics. Like I was saying, I, I actually jumped to Psalm 23 uh-huh. and then I thought of Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. I thought that's so uh, effective right now and what people need to hear, that, that God is with them no matter what's going on, no plague, no calamity coming near Yes, you know their tent, and it's just very poignant right now. It is, especially the part, and he will give his angels yes charge, charge over, over us you to keep us in all of our ways. And that doesn't mean he's going to force you to stick your finger in a in a in an electric socket that has nothing to do with it. No. He's going to give his angels charge over you by meaning they're. <laughs> I just got that. That oh, just went please. Like... <laughs> it it means that they're going to uh, have 
take fuller and fuller responsibility for uh, embracing you and helping you through the challenging times. But the other piece of the equation is also we have to get to know God and his legions of angels that are protecting us. Exactly. Uh, And that all comes from getting to know God. I like it. And so you're going to sing a little song, Getting to Know You? No. (laughs) No, you're going to do that. Getting to Know You. Getting, getting to, to know, know more about, about you. you. That's it. Don't ask me to sing. Okay? <laughs> I'm here to voice. I think we're going to save you, my friends, from us actually <laughs> singing this. And uh, Therese, we're, it's going to be fun launching into this thing and launching into some of the psalms that God has given you. My listening friend will also talk about, in fact, why don't you right now, is there a particular place people can go to find out more about you? We'll close this segment that way. Absolutely. You can just go to my website, TereseBurn.com. You better spell that. I better spell it. It's T-E-R-E-S, yes. B like in boy, uh-huh. Y-R-N-E, just TereseBurn.com. And uh, that'll there you tell go. me a little bit about and, it. You, but you can probably, I, I suspect your site has much more than just a few psalms here and there because you're, you're a multifaceted person. It's probably got some comedic things. I, I know you. Well, maybe. Maybe it does, yeah. Actually, <laughs> uh, if, specifically for the psalms, they can go to YouTube. And the name of my channel is The Bible Read to You. Mm. The Bible Read to You. But because I don't have a lot of hits yet, they might need to also type in female. Oh, and like then it. my my uh, YouTube channel should pop up. You know, I was thinking during this election, we ought to do when the election is red to you as well. You, you understand what I'm saying? The red and the blue. You, never mind. Okay, yeah, okay. We'll, get, we'll, we'll clean up our act a little bit during the commercial break, and Therese and Kaz will be right, right back. back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. And yes, indeed, I'm back with dear sweet friend Therese Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. Very good. Thanks, Kaz. It's a pleasure. So what we're going to do now is we're going to spend a little bit of time talking with you. She's, she, you know, she, she's been called by God to read God's Word. Of course, all of us are. But the only difference is she's been called to read God's Word into a microphone. That's a little different, isn't it? It is. And it's, what, it's such a privilege. But it goes more than, you know, a lot of times we'll just uh, read to ourselves and we'll have somebody read to us. And a book or something like that has a certain amount of depth. But when you start reading Scripture and embedding Scripture— it has a lot more weight and power, doesn't it? It does, because it's a living word. Yes. It's not just a history book. It's God speaking to us. Currently, you know, I was just talking to a friend this week about how sometimes we read, we can read the same scripture over and over, especially if you kind of do the read through the Bible in a year thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years, and you've read the same scripture, and all of a sudden, one day you might be reading a scripture that you've read many, many times, and it just pops out at you, like as if you hadn't seen it before. And... I love how the fact that God can just speak to you right where you're at, whatever you're going through that very day. And that is another reason why I was so excited to read the word, because I want it to, the power of the word to change people's lives, which it can. You know, Therese, one of my favorite scriptures is found in uh, Ecclesiastes. Hmm. And it's in the first chapter and it's elsewhere in Ecclesiastes. And the whole theme continues throughout scripture. By the way, that's one of the things when you read the word or hear the word, you'll see recurring themes and when God gives a recurring themes, theme, it means pay close attention because you're right. going to get it again and again. But this particular scripture that I'm going to share with you is one of the values of reading and meditating on the Word. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it says, That which was 
is and that which is shall be, there's nothing new under the sun. So one of the things you can take from that is the fact that God's word is true yesterday, today, and forever. It's also true in the 66 books of the Bible. It's also true from one psalm to the next. It's also true from one chapter, from one word to another. It's true, it's true, it's true, but it's also repetitive. God was is a great teacher, and we know the teachers go, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, but he also repeats it in many different ways, and all of a sudden you go, oh, I heard that before. Right, and it's also powerful. Yes. It says it has, in Isaiah, it says it has the power to bring itself to pass. Say that again. That's a hefty thought. I, I didn't quote it exactly, That's okay. but you, in no, Isaiah. I'm, it's the yeah. Therese Byrne version. <laughs> The paraphrase version in Isaiah says the word has the power in itself to bring itself to pass because it's God's word. It's not just because we're we're saying, oh, I'm going to say this is going to happen. No, we are actually agreeing with what God has already said. So if he says by by my stripes, by your stripes, I'm healed. That really means that by his stripes, we are healed. Anything in the word, like you just said, is true. And it's also powerful because it's not just any word. It's not just any book. It's God's word. And we're, we're aligning ourselves with God and speaking the same words that he speaks over our lives. You know what I really like about what you said first when you were introdu- introducing this segment? <clears throat> you said you may go back and read something and it has a completely different meaning. It's not that the other meaning wasn't valid. Right. It's just that God speaks in layers of truth and layers of truth. And sometimes when you read something over and over again, he's going, okay, there's a hidden little nugget here. I'm just going to give you a nuance or a, one of the one word or a phrase, and I want you to meditate on that phrase. And all of a sudden, a whole vast gold mine opens up. And you just hit on a very key word, meditate, which is so Ooh. interesting because that was a word that came into my head right before you spoke it. But that's why meditating on the word is so important, just to, just to plant yourself on one verse and see how it comes alive, how God is using it with a verse that maybe you're completely familiar with. Yes. But just to pause for a minute, you know, the word in the Bible says selah, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. that mean pause? Yeah, and meditate. Pause yeah. and meditate, you know, just so many good nuggets in the word, the whole thing. It is. Now, I can remember before I knew the Lord, I knew about him. I'm, this is, I'm a young kid. I'm in my early teens or mid-teens. I was not one of the most favorite kids in school. Were you and kind of a geek no, I was not a geek at all. In fact, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't even smart enough to be a nerd. <laughs> I, I was just you know, going along with the flow. But I was just kind of a background kid, you know, okay. one of the one of the background kids. And people would pick on me. I know I'm, I'm six foot two, two forty today. You in weight? I'm not saying that because I'm doing Weight Watchers now. So I was going to say you shouldn't be conscious about your weight, but okay. Anyway, I won't ask. Okay. Anyway, so I, but let's just say I was a target. Yes, I was a target. So I would all, you know, I felt like I was being picked on in school. Maybe my friends, you can identify with this. It may not be school. It may be work or some other environment. But I, I knew I could go back, and even though I wasn't a Christian, I could go back and read the Psalms. So I would mm. read the Psalms, and I would be encouraged and strengthened as a result of that. Mm. My listening friend, that's so true with you as well. And as we we inspire Therese to read some uh, Psalms for us. Hopefully that's going to do the same thing for you, and then you realize how God sees you in a higher and greater way than the world mistakes you to be. 
Why don't I read a little bit of what I consider probably? Why don't you take one of your favorites here? Well, do, do I don't you don't want me to hum or anything in the background? No, I better not. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we'll, mute, we'll mute your mic. <laughs> how about how about if I read a, a little bit of Psalm twenty three or the it. whole thing? If sure, time. sure. We have five minutes or so. Probably sure. one. Probably the most. Uh, Famous yes. or well known? I should say. I think say, I was. I, I found my way there when I was a teen as well. Many exactly. times. Exactly. So here we are. Psalm twenty-three: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Therese Byrne, mm. voiceover specialist. But yeah. I, I can tell you, my friends, this is God stirs you to dig into the Scripture. Sometimes it's really good. And you may want to, you know, access Teresa's readings and may, maybe stick them in your ear while you're falling asleep. I mean, that's a good thing to yes. do as well. Yes, it is. But but he's given you this word to not only just read it judiciously, but to actually allow it to sink in. And actually, the reading of the word to me was actually the precursor to the full intimate introduction of the Lord himself. That's great. How did you even know to go to the Bible to read the Psalms? I don't know. I guess my my stepmom uh, introduced me to going to Sunday school, you know, as a little kid. Okay. And so you went to Sunday school, and, you know, they talk about things like the Bible and things like that. So, sure. you know, and so I, I had one somewhere handy, and I, you know, it was original King Jamesy stuff, but I could figure it out. That's great. That's great that you went there, and the Lord brought you back to a relationship with him eventually. Yes, yes, yes. I, I tell you what, the Psalms were really the thing for me, mm-hmm. Therese. Now, you, what version were you reading in right I'm, there? I w- I'm reading from New American Standard, and I actually, when I recorded, um, I haven't, you know, I've just started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I was flipping back between this one, and I think it's called the New English Version, because yes. sometimes I like how it says in one and, and the yes. other, but I wanted it to be a little bit poetic yes. and also uh, understandable with not a lot of thys and these and thous and things like oh. that, so... Understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm a King James guy, so oh, yeah. I have to get past the thousand bees <laughs> and that kind of thing. So you're not reading in original Hebrew yet? Uh, not yet. Can, can, can you help me Greek. out there? Can you help me out there? Noest, I cantest. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few minutes left here. You want to read another, a, a short portion of, well, of a psalm? Well, the other one that I think is so perfect right now is Psalm 91. Okay, so let's. I'm going to set this up, okay? Yes. My listening friend here, this is really... I believe this is a psalm that was actually written for this time frame. You know, mm-hmm. it was written for a lot of time frames, but this in particular, uh, when you're wondering about where to go, what to do, what not to do, it, the world hates you, your next-door neighbors hate you, your employer hates you, all these different thoughts that are going through your mind, you need to know that God has you set aside for very special purposes. And Psalm 91 is, you know, Jesus, we talk about the balm in Gilead, a, yes. a, a soothing oil. Yes. Well, Psalm 91 is a soothing oil, so I'm going to have Therese read Psalm 91 to close out this segment, and then we'll come back, and then we'll say, see you next segment. So Therese, uh, and, Therese Byrne and Psalm 91. Psalm 91. 
I'll read as far as we have time for. Okay. Okay? And I want the listener to take this as truth, that it applies to them personally. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Therese Byrne, wonderful. My friends, give me the website so people can find out where to, where to hear these things. You can go to the Bible Read to You on YouTube, and you also might want to type in female in the search engine before I become uh, before I have more people listening, or you can actually go to my website too, TeresaBurn.com. Yes, and the other thing that we want to leave you with in this segment, and that is Therese has been given some visions on how to use uh, you know, her calling. She's got multiple callings. Piano is another one. Comedy is another one. So many other things as well. And so right now during COVID times, God's probably speaking to your heart saying, you might want to not only change gears or you might want to up the level of intensity on some of these things because – you were called for such a time as this. That's right. I think we all have a lot of some days. Yes, but those some days could be these days. Should be today. Yes. Yes. I like it. And so Teresa and I have just begun. We're going to talk some more when we come right back. Thanks. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it at 866 577 2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Pastor Jim Heidrich from Firewheel Church, and I declare over San Diego that the goodness of God is going to crash in on you with the weight of his glory because he's moving with compassion. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but Jesus believes in you. And I just affirm you in your call to greatness in Christ Jesus. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. My friends, don't you just love it? Another Saturday, another Shabbat, another time to reflect on what God has done and is doing and will do in the future with you, for you, and beside you. It's always nice to know. Therese Byrne, my co-host, For this entire hour, she's not only a person who does voiceover work and she does work on reading the Psalms, you've heard a little bit about that, but she's a pianist, she does 
piano work uh, in, on on Sundays. Yes. Isn't that right? Yeah, I play for a couple of churches and, yeah. you know, do private events, which are not happening right now. <laughs> Nobody's really gathering. Yes, yes, yes. And she ha- has a partner named Lauren. Lauren Gilbronson. And what do you funny, guys do? Funny guy. We have a clean comedy show that we love doing. And our last show was in February because obviously that was shut down all life entertainment. But hopefully we'll be back. I think you will. Yes. And they have fun. They, 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 they don't. It's not a performance like you would think, like somebody's on stage and they perform on your behalf. They no, engage. We get you up on stage they, they with engage. us. You, yes. can't, you can't escape. <laughs> I've visited her, her uh, mm-hmm. shows and they don't, you know, they, they dread whatever they. You never know who's going to show up on stage. You, you, never, you, you have a, a housemaid kind of. Birth of the Cleaning Lady, yes. Demi Litz. Yeah, any number of folks <laughs> uh, join us on stage from occasion. <laughs> we love it. And then they will also engage you to play a role. Uh, it, it's so it's fun. And, it's and, a lot of fun. And one of the things you said, which is a key phrase, and that is the clean comedy. What does that clean. mean? Clean. I I want someone to come and and to not have to worry about what might be said on stage, mm-hmm. uh, or what the guests might, that we have on stage might say. So we say right up front, hey, if we were a movie, we would be G rated. Yes. You know. So we want to we want to keep it clean and fun and funny. Yes. 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 And so they've, they've got the comedy show deal that she and, and Lauren d- do, um, and that'll probably resume again when COVID things simmer down a little bit. But yes. one, let's talk a little bit about the COVID thing, and a lot of people are just sitting and going, I hope this is over, I hope it's over, but God's saying, what are you going to do when it's over? Right, or what are you going to do in the midst of it? There you go. That's where I found myself. I think we all have a lot of some days. I know I did. Oh, Mm -hmm. someday. Mm -hmm. And never really gave it another thought besides that. But when everything shut down pretty much in in March, and I I also have been doing improv events Mm -hmm. for groups. No more groups, no more events, no more, you know, music for the most part, no more comedy. And I had thought for years um, about doing the, the Psalms. Yes. And... Finally, I had more time. I had actually already recorded the psalms, but I had they had been sitting on an MP3 file on my computer for months. Mm-hmm. And finally, I had an, the time to sit down and, okay, uh, again, I think I'd like to encourage people that are listening, hey, if you have an idea yeah. uh, from the Lord, just step out, even if you don't know the end result or if you don't know every step. Uh, yes, I had done voiceover before, but I... I had never produced my own material. I had never put it into a put it into a video and gotten a YouTube channel and all those kinds of things without help. So I, I just got help. There you go. And you know, my friend, if you tried to do this a decade or two ago, you would have a lot less clue than you have today. The media is so f- friendly in far as walking through this, and you know. Younger people, I'm an older guy, but the younger people, they just go, oh, well, sure. And they push a few buttons and all of a oh, sudden you're... Yeah, everything on their phone, whatever, <laughs> recording, editing. Absolutely. Yeah. So walk us through this. I mean, there are a lot of people that are around right now that have semi-ideas mm-hmm. and they go, when the time is right. I know there never was a better time than now. Than now. And I think people will be surprised at how many skills and experiences they actually can pull from. They might think, oh, I'm just this or I'm just that. But if you have a vision, you can do it. If you can see it, if you can picture yourself doing it, even if you don't think you have all the ability right now, just step out Mm -hmm. and pray every step of the way. And God's going to bring the right people alongside of you to help you. You know, that's a key phrase that you just did. You're not alone. 
You're not alone. And if God has called you to do something and you don't have all the pieces, he's also called somebody else to come alongside of you and you, you, you are helped by them, but also they get to be helped by you. And all of a sudden, you know, if one can chase a thousand, the scripture talks about, then two can chase 10,000 and a threefold cord is not easily broken. So he's got people horizontally that he wants you to pal up with. But there's also another uh, reference besides the horizontal. And what is that? The vertical, of course, <laughs> seeking the Lord. And I think you'll also be surprised maybe at even the people that are within your community or your group, the skills that they might have. Oh, yeah. Once yeah, you start— Some of them are sh- hidden. You, you made—I didn't know you could do that. Exactly, exactly. I didn't know that I—when I—after I recorded the Psalms, the, the few that I have done, uh, then I needed to upload it to YouTube. But, of course, you need video on YouTube. I didn't know how to put the audio into the video. But I have a friend that does. I didn't know that she could do that, but she's just a whiz, you know, Sandy. So uh, she says, oh, just send send over the MP3 files to me. I, I chose just a, a still shot that she could use. She put it together and, and helped me upload it. There you it. go. And so this is a, an encouragement to you, my friends. God's given you stuff. And it may not, don't worry if you're not, a, feel like you're a speaker. Don't worry if you're not an artist. Mm-hmm. Just what do you like to do? I, I have to give my wife high accolades. She goes, not sure what I do. Well, you walk with her down any street or into a store environment or something like that where there's other people around or at an airport when we're going somewhere. If you were to watch her, you would see what she does. She knows how to she, she knows how to go up with people and encourage them. Wonderful. And then all of a sudden she's praying for them and, and encouraging them to do amazing things in God. And she's giving him scriptures. And then she'll come back to me and she goes, you know, I still don't know what I can do. <laughs> and it's funny because she is one of the most remarkable communicators mm-hmm. and a, a God lover. In fact, she's infectious in a good way. I think a lot of people are in that same situation. Yes. They don't recognize it in themselves. And maybe they need just a friend to come along and say, hey, you are really good at this. Really? I never noticed that before. Because you know, yes, yes, sometimes yes. we don't recognize in ourselves what, what our forte is. That's right. And then there's also some, those are some of the people that they have surrounding you. Like we talk about the cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. In a way, in the natural, there are a cloud of witnesses surrounding you that are your friends going, come on, you can do this, you can do this. But also, it's always good to have one or two that says, Here's a few ways that maybe you can tweak it a little bit. Yes. To get and that's that what help. husbands are to wives and wives are to husbands. Right. And he good said friends are to good friends. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, and during the commercial break, she's going to give me a few of them, no, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> a few suggestions. <laughs> well, you know what I want to do? We've got a few minutes left in this segment. I would like for you, you know, there's a value in praying the word. Mm-hmm. But there's also a value in declaring the word. Now, she's read from Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. She's read from Psalm 23. And uh, you can either read from another psalm, but would you do take some of the phrases or the words or the thoughts in those those first two psalms? Would you like to declare them and speak them into the lives of our listeners? So it's not a matter of just hearing the word; it's a matter of her doing the word. But also, the, the word is alive; it's live, and so it can be empowered in you in a way like you've never felt before. I'm going to hand it over. Therese, we didn't talk about this, but I know I know she can handle thanks, this. Thanks, Kaz. I know, but I know you. I know I've known you for a few decades, so I know you can handle this. So I'm going to allow 
trees to, to, to choose a segment of the word and then not only maybe just read it, but also speak it into you after she's finished reading that little phrase, and then we will go to a commercial break. So, Therese, would you be so kind? I like what you said about declaring the word, because yes. that is very important. Yes, is. So even in the last two Psalms that I read, you can declare it over yourself, which I actually I like to do myself with Psalm 91. So you can put yourself in the scripture. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, I dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For he delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He covers me with his pinions, and under his wings I seek refuge. My, my. Would you, now, we've got about a minute or two. Take, I, I like the whole thing about delivers me from the pestilence. Yes. Because oftentimes that word is... Uh, could be virus. It could be any number. Plague. Of, says plague, plague in this plague. version. Exactly. Yeah. So I know there are some anxieties, my listening friend, that you may have on these things. I'm going to have Therese minister that little phrase to you before we go to a commercial break. And just know that this was specifically written for Y-O-U yes. and that Therese was called to communicate it to Y-O-U and she will seal this as we go to our break. Therese? I'm going to pick it up in verse 7 okay. of Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked for you. Or you can say, I, I have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, my dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor any plague. And in some versions, it says disaster, pestilence, calamity will come near your tent. So you can personalize it and take it yes, to yourself. Yes, yes. Well, we want you to internalize this uh, during the commercial break, and then Therese Byrne and Kaz will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And here I am, my friends, with my co-host for this hour, which is almost up. Her name is Therese Byrne. Hey, Therese. Hey, it goes by fast, it doesn't it? It does go by fast. And let me just give you fair warning. The second half of uh, the Come Together San Diego show, I'm going to be taking an interview that I did in Washington, D.C. when I was in the return event in Washington, D.C. during the Feast of you know, the, the uh, feast of Shofar, the blowing of the Shofar, known as Yom Teruah, the blowing of the Shofar, and then the and then, you know, 10 days thereafter, uh, the uh, Day of Atonement. And then now we're in the time frame known as the actual Feast of Tabernacles celebration. So I'm going to be taking a, somebody that I interviewed there, a friend. His name is Lonnie, Lonnie Poindexter. It's a guy, Lonnie Poindexter. And uh, he is a radio broadcaster, but he works with the ethnic people in, in, in Washington, D.C. and beyond. And he, he's got friends uh, in ministry and things like that. And he's he's really a guy, uh, not only a voice of reason, but he goes, and a script, here's a scripture to support that. He's, he's really a wise-hearted guy. So that's the next hour is going to be devoted to that. But this hour, I'm drawn by a phrase that you mentioned to me earlier on. That is, when life gives you lemons. <laughs> you make lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Therese Bird. Explain that to me, what that means to you, but then also give an application of how you are applying that and I think the lemonade is going to be very sweet. I hope so. Well, if you're like me, you have a lot of some days. We spoke about that the last segment a little bit. Someday I'm going to do this. Someday yep. I'm going to do that. Well, someday became today, 
uh, when in March most of my activities were removed. So I had been wanting to do gift books for years. Gift books. Gift books. Yeah, they're very low content picture books, uh, sort of enhanced uh, greeting cards, Mm -hmm. about 38 pages. And they, uh, right now I have one on the fall, on Christmas. uh, On the fall, which one? Well, autumn. The fall season, not Uh, the the fall fall of Adam. (laughs) Autumn, I should say autumn. Autumn, okay. So I had, uh, you know, again, it was in the back of my head, but something that I had never really made plans to do and everything pretty much shut down. And I was talking to my friend Sandy and uh, she has the technical skill and also had expressed an interest in doing that, but looking for somebody that wanted to create. And that was me. I had all these ideas. So we got busy a few months ago and started putting together gift books that now are available um, uh, online. They're available at Amazon and of course from my website, but so how, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute on Amazon. You can find them right now. Yes. How right might now. one do that? Well, you, the best way probably again is to go to my website, treespurn.com click on products. Yes. Uh, I have four gift books right now. That's okay. Okay. So you can click on any one of the four. It'll take you uh, to the link that will, you know, describe a little bit, show you some pictures. What's this book all about? And again, it's, it's like, uh, I call them um, moments, fall yes. moments, Christmas moments, yeah. things that I have pulled from, from my past, from current activities. It could be anything from picking apples in an orchard in the fall to driving to the little mountain town in the snow or singing carols around the piano, you know, with um, photography. And the great thing is, and I'm going to let your listeners know that um, from October 13th to the 17th, they can actually download these four books for free. 13th of October. 13th of October to the 17th. 17th of October. Yes, they can they can get a free download of any of these books. It's a special that Amazon is running. I so. like it. Therese Byrne. TheresBurn.com. I like it. So why don't you speak about this lemons to lemonade? Because a lot of people really do have a lot of great ideas. And, you know, God wants to have his kids be his kids. And it's very likely that, that the germination of that idea came from God and is going to come from God. So you can entrust him on the vertical scope to to help you with this, but also on the horizontal scope, just like you, Therese, you had a friend that uh, had a similar idea. And all of a sudden, when you put the two together, it becomes mm, spiritual. And I think we were both equally surprised that we had that same interest. Yes. Uh, um, that when she expects, expressed it to me, and I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to write. You know, we didn't know that about each other. So I think when you are seeking the Lord, he's, he's given you a vision, pray about who he might have you come alongside. It's interesting how he puts people together with opposite skills. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so the, the commission to you, my friend, is you've got this, the germination of an idea. You may not have really shared it with many people, or you've may, maybe shared it with a few. Why don't you revisit that? Now's a good time to revisit that and, and say to your friend, have you ever had any thoughts about this? What happens if we partnered in something like this? You know, don't worry. You don't have to make a billion dollars. If you, What if you not only edify your own lives, one with another, but also maybe somebody in your immediate field of uh, relationship, they go, boy, the way you structured that, the way you said that, or the way you crafted that, or the way that you presented that, it blew me away. It changed the way I look at this, that, or the other things. And all of a sudden, you're a minister of God's heart by your actions. Yes, and you could be the person that is encouraging somebody else mm, to get involved. I, like I, it. I remember, I, I've always 
had kind of a hop on somebody else's bandwagon. The Lord told me one day, why don't you be the bandwagon that other people can hop on? I like it. He's given me ideas. Why don't I step out? And I think that's the thing, too. Just make that first step. Yes. And you'll be surprised at how the doors start opening. Many people, again, probably like me, feel like they don't have the skill to bring that whole thing to pass. But it's amazing. I've heard so many amazing stories of how how did that ever get started. You, you, write, you might see the end result. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at, of course, really successful people. They have amazing ministries. They have amazing businesses sure. or whatever. But we, I like hearing that story from the very beginning. Yes. What did they do? The very first phone call they made or the very first person they met. So it just takes the first step. I saw the analogy when you said that maybe you haven't even thought about this, but you're a musician. Mm-hmm. So in a very real way, you, you do the bandwagon stuff. Right. In other words, you play the music and all of a sudden people are looking at the screen or they feel the, the stir of the lyrics of the music and they sing along with you. And all of a sudden what you did is you created the environment, the musical environment for other people to jump on into and worship the Lord. Let's carry this on, the, on, a, on a, a symbolic level. Whatever God's called you to do, my friend, you may be the orchestrator of it, like Teresa's the orchestrator on the keyboard, and somebody may come alongside of you and say, oh, I have a piece of that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to take away from Teresa's part, but her part is so vital when used in tandem with yours. And all of a sudden, you've got a vision that nobody, you know, a vision that nobody singularly could have, you have collectively. I like that music analogy. It's like an orchestra. I like it. The orchestra is is all working together. It might yes. start, start out with a little string line, uh-huh. but then you add the violas and mm. the bass, and you, then you start adding the brass and the percussion, and they're all working together. They're not fighting each other. They're all enhancing what the other one is doing and oh. working together. I love it. Therese Byrne, you had another psalm that you wanted to read here. Why don't you... Read that in, to close this uh, final uh, hour with uh, our listening friend and friends. Uh, I say friend because I know I'm only talking to one at a time. There may be <laughs> billions of you out there, but I'm just concerned about you, my friend. That's right. And so as you read this, then we will uh, basically do a, a brief encouragement at the close of this. And I, I'll say you, to you right now, Therese, what a joy to have you with me. Thank you again so much. It's been so fun. Thanks, Kaz. And my friend, here's the deal. Therese is here not only to present what she can do, but to inspire you to discover what you can do. So Therese Byrne, and what is the psalm we're going to read? I'm going to read Psalm 121, which was one of my mom's favorites. Okay, Therese And also goes along really well with everything that's going on right now. Yes. So Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. That's good. Read that last line again. Yes, the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Wow. That covers everything. Yeah, it does. And it also refers to Psalm 91 where he will give his angels charge over you. Exactly. So, I mean, you're covered. You're covered. Yes. And one of the things that we do when we're covered is we can have growing boldness. The Bible talks about going to, you know, uh, enter the throne room boldly, go boldly. And going boldly into the world, too. Thank you very the gospel. much. Yes. That's exactly right. So, my friends, it's about time for us to uh, say goodbye for this segment. Therese Byrne, remarkable. 
Thank you, Kaz. It's been so fun. Thanks for inviting me. Well, don't leave us without giving us a website again. It's TeresBurn.com. Well, we better spell that. T-E-R-E. I'll do it for you in okay. case you're getting I'll confused. I'll correct you about if it. you're wrong. T-E-R-E-S-B-Y-R-N-E. There you go. TeresBurn and dot com. You <laughs> know how you spell dot com? Dot com. <laughs> it's real simple. Thanks for your help. <laughs> No problem. My friend, it's always nice to have pals around that you can buddy around with and tease around a little bit. And, you know, in the midst of that, God can do some anointing and uh, inspiring as well. So, Therese, thanks for joining me. And, you know, in this next segment coming up, I'm going to introduce you to a guy named Lonnie Poindexter, and he's going to give some Washington, D.C. insights from a broadcaster's perspective, but behind the scenes and also some of the things that you maybe didn't think about the actual functioning in Washington, D.C., kind of uh, behind the scenes and how God is really at work when sometimes you say, how in the world could God do anything in an environment like this? Lonnie's going to help you with that. So, Therese, thank you again. Thank you, Kaz. And my listening friend, I'm going to be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, my listening friends, great to have you on Come Together, San Diego, a very special segment. I've got a man who's been a friend of mine for some time, his name is Lonnie Poindexter, and he's the founder of Lion Chasers Ministries, and he's founded out of Washington, D.C. and other places, and uh, he's got some great insights, and his listeners love him because he, he tells it like it is. And Lonnie, it's good to be here in Washington, D.C. with you. Give kind of like the elevator speech about uh, who you are, uh, what you're doing in here, and, and, and the different ethnic groups to which you minister and communicate on radio and television. Lonnie Poindexter. Well, thank you, brother. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you today in our nation's capital. The um, name of the ministry is Lion Chaser Network, and it was named after a uh, figure in the Bible of some prominence, one of David's mighty men, Benaiah, who on a snowy day went down in a pit and went one-on-one with a lion, and he prevailed. So the show is about uncommon men and women of faith who will stand up in these dark and evil days because it really takes a lion heart type of person to confront the evil we're faced with today. So hence the name of the ministry. So what we do is we... Um, Basically, is, is my, my job is to edify the pastoral community um, and those in ministry to encourage them, to poke and prod them sometimes into standing up and speaking truth in the halls of governance. Because as I'm sure you know, brother, the halls of governance are a hot mess, and it's a hot mess because we people of faith are not participating in the halls of governance the way we need to. Now, one of the topics that I would like to explore with you today, Lonnie, is the topic of what's going on politically and how uh, Black Lives Matter and, and Ma- uh, Matter and Antifa uh, are playing a negative role. And, you know, among your community, you include a lot of black brothers and sisters as well as uh, uh, all other ethnic groups. But I, I would like you to, to give kind of an overview of how you see this enemy influence using people like Antifa and Black Lives Matter for uh, very uh, 
uh, calculated negative purposes and what God's big plan is and what you can say to other people that are observing. Give us your input, Lonnie. Yes, calculated negative influences. Um, that's a very apropos. Um, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are really just different arms of the same um, evil agenda. Um, it's Marxist organizations, one targeting the black community um, with the Black Lives Matter, which great from a, I'm an old marketing and sales and marketing guy. From a branding standpoint, excellent terminology that use, very effective. But when you research and search behind the motives of the organization, you'll find that they're the furthest thing of, number one, being American and more to the point, being Christian. Yet you see many Christian people. In fact, here in Washington, D.C., you can drive out uh, by churches downtown D.C. have Black Lives Matter all over the buildings and so forth. I said, have any of them been to the website to even see what Black Lives Matter stands for? It's it's an anti-God, anti-American, and anti-traditional male organization. Let me ask you this, Lonnie. How many of those signs are actually on uh, defense rather than, you know, uh, embracing them? They're putting those signage signs up there so that they're left alone. Little do they know that has no bearing on who gets targeted and who doesn't. Would you speak to that for a moment, Lonnie? Sure. I, I think from a business standpoint, there's businesses here that have Black Lives Matter put up because they think that they won't get bottles and bricks thrown through their plate glass windows which are very expensive so i see businesses that put it up they haven't done their homework on it i know that's what they're doing um but i would say here in our nation's capital though the preponderance of people this this city is very very liberal i call it san francisco east and uh, so anybody knows anything about san francisco would know that uh, dc is the same flavor and it just happens to be our nation's capital as well so even with um, uh, a president who at least stands for our basic core values and loves America, this city is very anti-Christian. Okay, well, let's dig, dig a little deeper here. And You talked about some of the churches that were, were carrying uh, uh, signage that say Black Lives Matter. matter. Um, tell me about the, the mentality of some of these leaders in those areas because, you know, if you study Scripture, it doesn't take very long to co- come to some, some conclusions that perhaps they haven't come to. How do you deal with that? How do you communicate about that to your listeners, but also to the people uh, who are the leaders in those church environments? Uh, Lonnie Poindexter. We find that um, here in the city, I mean, let's just speak to clergy, um, churches and denominations who have the uh, Black Lives Matter um, they're also heavily steeped in the LGBTQURSTUV, um, uh, that movement as well. Um, a lot of the churches here, and um, I, I hate to say it, there's one about three blocks from me, a historic church. I won't name it. Um, but um, I was looking to find a church when I moved here, and I said, oh, it's a great church. And it was a um, Baptist church. been around since 18-something or other. And then I went to the website, and I looked, scrolled down. The pastor is... And it was some woman's name. Then it said, uh, First Lady was a woman. So these are gay-affirming churches headed by homosexuals and lesbian individuals who are pushing forth a message that's anti-Christian, yet they hold the mantle of a, in a clerical collar. And those are the same entities that are working in league with the organizations here in D.C. Um, that 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 have that, um, and I'm searching for words here, but um, that's their moniker and that's what they're driving. So when you look at what's happening in the press, and we all know that mainstream media leans way left, that the news and so forth that goes out, and I know you know this, brother, 
that goes out is heavily slanted toward positioning that in a favorable light. When the reality is, we saw the streets and so forth here after um, the tragic incident, that young man uh, um, um, losing his life and dying, and we saw the bricks and the bottles and so forth thrown through. It was amazing to see the cross-section of America that was in that group. I call them passionately misinformed young people. And in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, at least from D.C.'s perspective, the majority of them were white. So you have white kids from the suburbs bust in. We saw them come in on the buses. And then they're mobilized with members of, um, well, I call them George Soros's crew and those who run with them who financially actualize these individuals so they can go out and ride and so forth. I mean, they have, a, have to have a place to stay, have to have food to eat. And I look at these individuals, they probably still stay at home with their parents and are out here doing this. Their parents, either their parents lean left as well or their parents don't know what they're up to and what they're doing. And then you have um, a handful of blacks that are here because this city is majority black um, that are out. But, you know, black folks represent about 12 to 13 percent of the population. So it's amazing to see Black Lives Matter and, and, and you would think, okay, that they're just all so positive for the issues of the black community. And no, they're driving an agenda that's ultimately anti-black. But it looks good on TV. So you're a man of color. You're an awesome friend. Uh, do you think God has placed you in this place, in this time frame, to impact uh, different uh, ethnic groups in the black community as well uh, from a different perspective and how is your message being received uh, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, Lonnie? You know, it's really interesting and and let me just um, make a point of clarity. Um, I'm a person of color. You're a person of color. I just happen to be on the darkest side of the the rainbow color-wise. You know, my friends, I know Lonnie long enough to know I set myself up for that, and I was just, I was just waiting for the, for the coin to drop to the ground. So uh, point taken uh, and understood. So now quit harassing me and answer the question, would you please? I'm a black guy. Uh, a black guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say I'm a colored guy, but no, that, that kind of falls into the left's idea of who's got color and who doesn't. I just, on my show, I used to talk about that ad nauseum. Folks would say, Man, you've forgotten who you are, Lonnie that you don't know you're black. I said, well, really? <laughs> but anyway, let me move forward. Um, I find it interesting. Those who have a thorough understanding of the Word of God, we're on the same page. I don't have to explain myself, and it doesn't make any difference what color they are. Um, those who have a superficial understanding of the Word of God, you know, they, they, they attend the churches that teach you how to live your best life now. It's the best way I can put it. I won't name the ministries. You guys might know where I'm leading. But um, those ministries, there's no depth. It's all tied to emotion. If you read the entire Bible, you have a thorough understanding of who God is. And if you have a thorough understanding of who God is, you have a pretty good understanding of who you are and where you fit in the world scheme of things. I don't see myself as a victim. Because I wasn't raised that way. I was raised by very conservative parents. You know, they happen to have the darker paint job as well. Um, they're conservative. They wouldn't call themselves that, but that's what they are. You know, they're what I call Kennedy-era Democrats. You know, so that was their era when they were, well, close to my age, <laughs> or a little younger than me. And, um, and so my values came from them, and their values came from the Word of God and how they were raised. And both of my parents came from very humble beginnings. Nobody was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. My father was born in dirt poor Mississippi, small rural town, and he was the oldest of five children. 
And his mom was a single parent, and she taught them these basic things that allowed him to be successful in spite of the obstacles that were put in his way. I'm talking with Lonnie Poindexter, Lion Chasers uh, Ministry Outreach. He is the founder thereof, and he would uh, identify a number of other things in, into which he is involved, not only uh, broadcast of different venues uh, like uh, radio and television, but God's got him stirred up to do a lot of different things and speak and things like that. So we're going to talk more about this and other topics when Lonnie Poindexter and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, my friends, back with Lonnie Poindexter and uh, Lion Chasers, ministry. He's the, he's the founder thereof. He does so many different things, like he's a speaker as well. I met him on the uh, Content of Character series as well, and uh, he's a, a powerful man. So I thought when I was in Washington, D.C., I needed to look him up and ask him some questions, especially right now the hot topic is what's going on with uh, uh, politics and uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa and things like that. But uh, how? give me kind of an overview how different people are receiving that um, and some other insights so that we can get a grasp on what's going on politically. It seems like uh, things are turning in their face and they don't know what to do about it. Talk about that, would you, Lonnie? Sure. You know, um, this city is a political city. It's the uh, station of power uh, for the entire nation, most powerful city in the world. Um, Politicians are driven by their constituency from whatever communities they come from, or should be. Um, and if they're not, it's something the community's not doing, or that, that their constituency's not doing, to make sure they're held accountable for what they do and what they don't do. Um, and, and I see that disconnect, because once you get to D.C., you're in this vacuum, you're, it's, it's another world, it's got its own biosphere, for lack of a better term. And um, I think good politicians come here with good ideas and they get they assimilated into the Borg so to speak and then what they do is what you see on TV um, we people of faith need to be how do I put this we're the measuring stick for them as to what they do and what they don't do and it should be a reflect that peace can be stand there need to be um, stipulations of how long you can stay in office. I said, well, we do have the power of the vote. That determines whether people should stay in office. So I don't think there should be term limits. That's just my personal opinion. We have them. If you don't like them, throw the bums out. But if you're lazy and you're not participating, and I understand life is busy, husbands and wives are working, taking care of kids, taking them to school. If you're a Christian, going to church. Life is busy. But you still must take time out. I mean, the word of God, if I believe correctly, says the government sits on his shoulders. So if if God himself ordained government, we need to be about what government is doing and what it's not doing. And what I see that what's happening with in, in, in our communities across America, and I stated prior, that those who truly understand the word of God, there's not a lot of explaining. Like you and I didn't have to kind of dial each other in. I just because you have you're a mature man of God, you understand the word, so we we can roll together. And I find that across the board didn't make any difference what color. This color thing that they use every two, four, six years, depending on when there's an election, this stuff stirs up to stir up past wounds and hurts in the black community. And for those in the black community that are passionately misinformed because they haven't been taught in school, they haven't been taught in, at home. 
they are easy prey for these manipulators who write and use them as the tip of the spear to drive a false agenda or a false narrative about the true history of America. Well, you know, there's a lot of speaking about the history of America. Everybody that has ulterior motives is trying to rewrite the history of America. And, 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 the, and the purpose behind that is to violate the Judeo-Christian values and the Constitution uh, of the United States of America. Uh, and so um, a, a lot of times it looks and sounds innocent. You know, the, the, the stuff that's written on paper, you go, okay, well, you know, uh, these different as- aspects of uh, history maybe have been buried. We need to bring them up. But what we're not realizing is their intention is to completely eliminate everything else and not have a balance of it, but, but to uh, uh, portray uh, their agenda. Would you speak to that a little bit? Then we're going to talk about some solutions you see in, in progress, uh, if you'd be so kind, Lonnie. Sure. Um, you just reminded me of something. Let me point this out. I think it ties to what you're stating. Um, I consider myself to be a historian. Well, I'm not as good as like David Barton, but <laughs> I thought I had my talking points down. I was doing my show one day, and I was pointing out, um, because there's this chasm that they've tried to recreate between the black and white community, and, and, they, and they use race, racism and specifically uh, slavery as a justifier. And I said, if you understand history, then you will know that historically, after the Emancipation Proclamation and during Reconstruction, blacks went from being primarily illiterate and in less than one generation became primarily literate. That's never happened in the world, any place in the world. It happened here. How did that happen? Where blacks could not assimilate, they created their own universities, hospitals, everything. And so one day I was pointing that out on the show, and I said, and quite frankly, our white brothers and sisters were right there to help us. In fact, the HBCUs, I'd say the HBCUs, um, many of them were founded, uh, were founded by uh, white Americans. And then one of my fans corrected me and said, no, Lonnie, all HBCUs were founded by white Americans in conjunction with... So help me with, with, the, with the acronym. What does it stand for? Forgive my ignorance on this. Historically, black colleges and universities. So they don't talk about that. And those, many of those colleges are still around today. I mean, Howard University is one that's based here. You've got Hampton up there in Virginia. There's many, many of them on the East Coast, uh, none on the West Coast. Well, that's because as a nation we were founded on the East Coast and we moved west. Um, but if you go back and you read, the, te- the NAACP is one of those organizations. So, but when you know your history, then you can't be bamboozled as to what's going on and who's doing what and who's doing what to you. Now, from a political standpoint, people say you shouldn't be all political talking about political parties and um, Democrats and Republicans are all evil. It's all, uh, uh, I can't use the words they use, but <laughs> the words, you know what I'm saying in terms of they want to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. So it's not true. If you look back historically as to the political organization that was heavily steeped in driving um, equality for blacks in America, it was the, the, the party that had an R in front of it. It wasn't the party with a D. And that the civil rights movement and the passing of civil rights legislation in America was driven by the Republican Party but signed by a Democrat president. Do you know your average person does not know that? And I know the average black person doesn't know that. It's all Republicans' fault. And I says, well... Name that every city today, what we're dealing with, every city that's on fire, including this one, Washington, D.C., is headed by a Democrat constituency in leadership driving things uh, with a Democrat mayor, 
um, the, the city founders are driving it. Why is that happening? Because the church has not re-risen and taking back authority in the halls of governance. Well, London, we have a couple more minutes left in this segment. It seems to me, as I take a look at things and people and, t- and talk to people, it seems like the lights are beginning to go on, and this is making uh, liberals uh, and people with the socialism agenda very nervous because they've invested decades in bringing this to this point, and all of a sudden people are starting to realize that they've been targets and they're starting to make changes. So explain to me what those changes are beginning to look like, and then we're going to excavate this a little bit more in future segments. So we have a a couple minutes, so you can do the teaser here, and then we'll go to the next segment. Well, you know, this gentleman that sits in the Oval Office, I affectionately call him the brash New Yorker because he is a, and I have a good friend of mine that's born and raised in New York, whose personality is identical to Donald Trump's. He says what's on his mind, good, bad, or indifferent, at least you know where he stands. What he has done is he's awakened something within the black community. Now, you have those politically aligned on, on the left in the black community and entertainment and so forth that um, are, are, don't see that. And it's because it doesn't align with, with their worldview and what they want to do with America. But common sense people are figuring things out. And you see that with the Candace Owens and the uh, and, and just a plethora of young, black, uh, politically active individuals who have figured out that something's wrong. Every city in America that has... I'll just use Baltimore as a, as a for instance. Kim Klasick is running for um, Elijah Cummings' old seat. Um, they're in, in Baltimore. And this is a beautiful young woman who has figured it out. And she's got some momentum behind her. And she can unseat the, um, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name with the African name, that, um, that's running for his seat that they say is a shoe-in. Wow. And as I'm looking around, there are other uh, people that are um, black, blacks and other ethnic groups as well running for office, and like Maxine Water, for example. I, I see that there's some, some turbulence going on in her Joe area. Collins. Hang on for a second. And? Joe Collins is running against her. A young man, he's a, I think he's a uh, former Marine, um, and um, he's got some momentum, and he has some money behind him. You know, we're going to talk more about that in the next segment, because I, I, I'm breathing a breath of fresh air when I, you know, I, you look at news too much, and you get, until I listen to your show, of course, and I get fresh air as well. But uh, when you listen to and watch uh, media, it's easy to get down, and uh they're not reporting the behind the scenes that are going on. And one of the things I appreciate you is you, you're observing the behind the scenes and you're reporting it. So uh, Lonnie Poindexter and I are going to talk about that in the uh, re- remaining segments about uh, how the light is going on in people uh, um, of different ethnic groups and what this could mean as far as, oh, let's say elections or the future of America. We'll talk about this when Lonnie and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation, and through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise.
my friend Lonnie Poindexter, uh, Lion Chasers Ministry Outreach. He's the founder thereof, but he's got so many other things going on, uh, broadcast-related things and speaking engagements and things like that. Uh, I was thrilled to be actually able to catch up with him and ask him some questions. So we're talking about the light going on in ethnic communities where they have been inundated by media and things like that, but they're starting to hear different messages and they're starting to wake up and say, Oh, what about that? Talk about a little bit about that and maybe the lights that are going on and the, the, the threat that this is posing to those who have uh, ill intentions against the Judeo-Christian environment in the United States. Lonnie Poindexter. Yes, um, media does not even cover the things that this president has, has done. And um, just to give you an example, Opportunity Zones. Opportunity Zones are, in my opinion, the single largest uh, economic empowerment program uh, for the black community. Now, it's not targeted, per se, to the black community, although it affects the black community to a great degree because blacks live in urban America. Um, anyone can apply to these uh, for this Opportunity Zone program, and, and it provides a way for corporate America to invest in urban America and have the community see the benefit thereof in terms of job creation and its position in a way that the church can take full advantage of that. I know a pastor up in Philadelphia that's got a multi, multi-million dollar program that he's working on right now uh, for economic empowerment that his church is driving. And his church has been so successful in that part of Philadelphia that they're positively affecting property values in a community where nobody wanted to live. Everything was boarded up. Now everybody wants to buy and invest in there. And now with the Opportunity Zones, which um, include hotels and parking structures and all these types of things that make for a healthy city and a healthy community, the church is in the center of it. And I think that's what the church should be doing. If you think back to, I, I love to follow history, Europe. If you go to Europe, and to a great degree in America, but in, in Europe, if you look at the history of Europe, the church was usually the first thing built in the center of the community, and the community was built around it. And then that's changed, and they make it very difficult for churches to succeed, you know, because of the difficulty in property, acquiring property and what have you. But my point being, when the church is in the center of the community, driving the community to stand up, speak truth, be salt and light in the community, the community benefits from that. And we're seeing that uh, begin to uh, show showcase itself. And uh, I think for probably the first time in political, my political re- recall, uh, the black vote is being uh, the the stranglehold that uh, the the liberal people and people with a social socialistic mentality is being threatened. And they and uh, it's kind it's kind of fun to watch in one way, but uh, we, but it's not a reason for God's believers to sit back on our haunches and go, let's watch what happens. There's a part that we get to play as well. So talk a little bit about how things are changing and our role as believers to help that momentum continue. Lonnie Poindexter. We must stand up and speak, to, um, and speak truth to power, and we must be active in determining who sits in, in office and what their values are. When we do that, we can change our communities. We can change this nation of ours and return it back to the direction it was originally uh, touted to go um, before this leftism, you know, rose up um, and and got a stranglehold on us as a community. Okay, so uh, let's dig a little bit more deeply on that. You're talking about some 
major things happening and lights coming on. Can you give any examples that you that you can think of uh, or uh, any other words of encouragement tied to that? Because we're going to spend the last segment taking everything that we said and, and tying everything together so people can actually know where we are and what we need to do as believers. But right now, uh, give some if you can share some examples that you have been seeing or things that you're seeing that are very, very hopeful. Would you talk more about that, Lonnie? Sure. Um, going back to this Opportunity Zone programs I was speaking of, because I work with a lot of clergy across the country to trying to get educated on how to take advantage of it uh, while it's in place, and it came about because of this administration. Um, it's how, how do I sum up here? If I go back to using that pastor in Philadelphia as an example of how a church can have a positive impact in a community, and how that, how that particular church has possibly impacted the community in terms of pregnancy centers, university extension, so you can actually go to a university um, on, the, on the campus of the church, um, these types of things. Those things happen because that pastor is politically active in driving his agenda, which is a Christ-centered agenda, in his community, and he takes it right to the halls of governance to make sure that they understand that that's what his agenda is, and he's got his eyes on them. You know, you mentioned something that I'd like to spend a little bit more time uh, in the remainder of this you know, three minutes or so in this segment. You talk about pregnancy centers. That's one area where um, liberals have really done uh, in, in, in injustice to the black community. And uh, I, I, it sounds like that, that uh, the lights are beginning to go on. Would you speak a little bit to that in the two couple minutes we have left in, the, in this segment, Lonnie? Sure. Um, black America used to be the largest minority in America. Used to be. And we were eclipsed by our Latino brothers and sisters. Why is that? They don't abort as many babies. Over 20 million black babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade. You know, talk about genocide. That's genocide. Who's driving that? (laughs) Who's driving that? Well, look at the political parties. What party still has a standard that says no abortion? There might be individuals within the party that lean that way, but the party's platform is still uh, against abortion. And then that other political party... You cannot get elected to office in most communities if they find out that you're anti-abortion. They will look to defund you and keep you from winning, even if you're the incumbent. Do you think that this message is becoming more and more clear to the black community that they're being targeted? And it's, it goes cyclically with uh, elections, and then, then the parties in power that uh, needed their vote, they forget completely about them. Uh, we'll speak to that briefly, and then we're going to spend the last segment uh, tying all, all these things together, Lonnie. Sure. Um, and they're waking up to it. That's part and parcel of the work that I do with many individuals across the country. There's so many organizations that are doing great work. They don't get much fanfare, but they're doing valued work in the community. Um, you know here in January every year the March for Life takes place here in Washington, D.C., the largest pro-life march and movement in the world takes place here in our nation's capital. You wouldn't know that if you watch traditional news and media. you got to go to Christian sources to find that information. Well, a uh, uh, brief word of encouragement here in this segment to close this down, and then we're going to uh, tie everything together in the last se- segment. Talking with Lonnie Poindexter, uh, Lion Chasers uh, Ministry. He's a the founder thereof and so many other things as well. So give a, a parting word for this segment, and then we'll tie everything together in the last segment. Lonnie. Be encouraged. Do not get disgruntled and frustrated by what you see in mainstream media. Uh, they push a false narrative. And just get more to the point, they lie. And... Um, so if you watch that, you're not getting a fair representation. 
Listen to Christian news and media outlets. Listen to your show, <laughs> my brother, and catch me as you can in either television or radio. Lonnie, what's the way people can find out more about you? Sure, they can catch me in social media, um, at The Lion Chasers, and um, you'll find me there with uh, Twitter. You can catch me um, in social media on Facebook, and it's Lonnie Poindexter. Uh, Lion Chasers Radio with Lonnie Poindexter. And spell Poindexter? Sure, that's P as in Paul, O-I-N-D-E-X-T-E-R. First name Lonnie, L-O-N-N-I-E. But be encouraged. We win in the end. We know this because we know the last book of the Bible says, but um, we must show up for every battle. And guess what? According to the word of God, God will fight our battles most of the time for us. Lonnie Poindexter, we're going to tie everything together in the last segment. So Lonnie and I will be right back. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. I'm back in the final segment with Lonnie Poindexter. He's a, a friend, but he's a, also a guy in the know, and he's in Washington, D.C. I think God has placed him here, and he, maybe some other places he's going to be traversing to as well to speak and so forth, but he's, God has placed him here to, to be a voice of reason and conscience in, in uh, Washington, D.C.'s area, and uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about this, uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, abortion, and things like that. that. Would you tie this all together, how things are very hopeful uh, if we look at it taking a step back that God's in control and it seems like he has people in government in areas of of the executive branch and things like that and maybe hidden in other branches of government too so that we can expect God to move bigger in 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 these vital times speak to that would you Lonnie and then pray over our listening friends sure Um, what I would like to encourage um, your listenership is to understand that uh, ultimately this is a battle between good and evil it's not a battle in politics as to uh, one uh, agenda versus another agenda. It's really a battle against good and evil. And when you look at it in those terms, you'll understand um, what side of history you need to be on. You know, when I, as one day I had a little epiphany where I learned, I was looking at the word history and the roots of the word history. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, my God, his story, God's story, which is the truth. And that's what we're speaking to. We're, we're speaking God's truth. And a land that is under attack by those who want to tell a different story and drive a different agenda. Uh, we look at the record number of number of divorces in the faith-based community versus the the uh, secular community. It's the same. So the the family's under attack, and family is 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 the basic cornerstone of civilization. Everything starts with family. God had a family. You know, we're part of His family because of His Son Jesus. And so when you understand those things, then you understand that you can't sit on the sidelines. You have to participate. So I want to encourage everyone, find something to do that you can speak truth to power. You do it, first of all, with your vote. That's the easiest way. And get educated on who the proper candidates are. There are a number of organizations that have information out there on that. And, um, and, And participate by voting. Number two, do something in your community through your church to bring about the change that you seek. Empower your pastors and challenge them to stand up and speak truth. We don't need a bunch of guys teaching your best life now and here's my latest book. And I'm not against any of those things, you know, singularly, but ultimately, if your pastor is not driving you to be effective change in your community, 
I'm saying maybe you need to find another church if you can't encourage him to do so. I think most pastors are good people. Sometimes you just need to poke them a little bit, and that's what I do on my show. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I see, the big, sadly, one of the biggest threats to pastors is a thing called 501c3. And if I lose my 501c3, uh, I'm not going to get the uh, patronage that I that I need. And, and as I step back, I go, I when I go to church, I you know, I, certainly it's wonderful to get the tax deductions. But if I find a church that's speaking and preaching the word and encouraging me to move out in confidence under the Lord's tutelage. I'm going there. I could care less whether it has the deduction or not. What do you, what do you sense in that light? Because uh, I wanted you to be the voice of encouragement to our listeners. Many of our listeners are pastors. Many of our listeners are saints. But uh, the the pastors, God's going to be stirring you, pastors, to, to go further than we've gone before as far as making our stands in politics or whatever it is. And my, my listening friends, if you're in a church environment, Maybe the church can foster opportunities for you to uh, reach out and do uh, things that are community-oriented, and you can make your Judeo-Christian stand, or else there are other venues out everywhere that you can find and participate in. Would you speak to that just a little bit, Lonnie Poindexter? I certainly can. Um, You're speaking to um, the Johnson Amendment, and the Johnson Amendment was passed by Lyndon Baines Johnson when he was in office, and he did it for a singular purpose of protecting himself because in a race he was running in Texas, um, those who were competing against him for office happened to have political alignment that he did not have. So he looked to push for the Johnson Amendment, which was tied to another initiative that was passed in uh, Congress and the Senate. And, um, and we have that in place. And what it has done, it has hamstringed the church. Now, here's the deal. You have a lot more latitude as a pastor concerning the Johnson Amendment, then folks would give you credit for it. You can't endorse candidates, but you can certainly mobilize your community to stand up and raise up candidates that have your values. And it will, it, it will, it will turn around. It's, it's something I speak on quite a bit. Um, I went to an event here about three, four years ago. They had big pastors that were there and um, big churches, 25,000, 30,000 members. And I was amazed by how many of them knew nothing about the Johnson Amendment and what the parameters were as to what they could do and what they can't do. If you go to David Barton's with his wallbuilders.com, you can learn all about what your parameters are as a pastor concerning the Johnson Amendment. You have a lot more latitude than they're telling you to have. My friends, uh, I want you to know that God has a real big plan, and it's it, we, we all all have to revisit what we've done in the past, and we have to become more responsible citizens. It's been an excuse for us when things seem to be going well that we didn't need to worry about it. We would entrust uh, the politicians that we put into office to take care of it. Well, if you step back and take a look, you realize that has not been done. The same thing's going on in the educational community. Same thing's going on in the entertainment community. Uh, same thing's going on in violation of, of the family unit. So God's saying to us, I believe, and uh, Lonnie would, I know he agrees with me because we had discussions about this. It's time for his, God's church to take our preeminent position and impact government, impact school systems, impact life as we know it. Would you talk a little bit about that and then we'll wind this up? Uh, It's been such a joy to talk with you, Lonnie Poindexter. Thank you, brother. Um, Historically, if we look at the church and what it's done going back to Jesus' time going forward, it's always been politically active. Um, It it stood up in different... If if the church had not stood up, in my understanding of World War II and even World War I, think about it, if 
a God-fearing nation had not rose up and pushed back on the evil, we'd probably all be speaking either German or Japanese today. And for why wow, that has nothing to do with faith. Oh, really? A godly nation rose up. Well, America's not godly. Really? Look at the founding fathers. Look at their positions and what their titles were. They were elders and pastors and church. And even if they weren't, they at least had a godly worldview. And that's what made America great. Yes, we're not a perfect nation. Slavery was a problem. But we rooted out slavery because people of faith, faith rose up. Martin Luther King rose up and became who he became because he was a man of faith. Not a perfect man, but a man of faith. Yes, and thank you for saying that. Uh, because we need to know that when we need to move forward in that knowledge. Uh, we got about a minute left in this segment, so would you use this to declare to our listening people you know, that hope is not lost? In fact, we're on a threshold of great things. We just have to come to the table. So I'm going to hand it to you for the next uh, 60 seconds, and then we'll close the show. Lonnie Poindexter. All right, brother. I would say understand that uh, you are not to draw your wagons in a circle. And... Um, Pray up to God and ask for Jesus to come back and take you out of here. You are to fight the good fight of faith until Jesus' triumphant return. And he'll return to a triumphant church, not a church that's cowering over in a corner. There's a mindset that exists within Christianity today that thinks that, I call them, they have their bags packed waiting for Jesus at the train station. And the train goes by, no, that wasn't Jesus. Then they say, he's going to come up. No, that wasn't Jesus. The reason why Jesus said, you know the season, but not the time, is we are to fight the good fight. And and, and I think that's what empowers men. If you look at, I'll just quickly say, um, churches in the black community, there is a real problem with black men in the church not being there. I think across America in general, but specifically specifically in the black church, which I deal with quite, quite frequently, and I tell the pastors, it's because you don't, give them, you don't give them anything to fight for. Men watch football, they like a good battle. You know, <laughs> you're a man, I'm a man. That's why we like sports. And so we like a good battle. So I find successful churches, they've driven the men to rise up and become a standard. I saw that take place in a church in Northern California that had a, a problem with gang activity in the community. And the police department couldn't do anything with these young men. They reached out to this church, and that church rose the men up. And I remember us marching into those communities where all the gang affiliations and the, the warfare was taking place. And we grabbed a hold of those young men, and we pulled them into the church. And they became productive citizens. That's what the church must do on a global scale, and in particular in America, because so as America goes, the world goes. Lonnie Poindexter, I knew you would be able to bring that to a conclusion, and that's exactly right. As America goes... So the world goes. So here's the point. Uh, as a Christian, we have an opportunity to sway the direction that, that this nation goes because this swaying that we do under Judeo-Christian values is going to impact this nation, but your city as well, and also the world. Lonnie Poindexter, good to have you with me, and thank you for sharing with me. So that ends the Come Together San Diego broadcast. I want you to know that uh, Lonnie Poindexter is a powerful man. You need to check him out in a number of different ways. Well, my friends, it's time for us to go. Lonnie, thank you so much for spending time with us. My listening friend, you know Come Together San Diego. Our heart cry is to put stuff together that is for the now, but also for the future, and you get to play a big role in that. So we'll see you again next time. God bless you. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond. 
on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker. And then, let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise.